Around this time of year, everyone is faced with a problem of what gift do I choose? What do you get for your family, your parents, the white elephant events at work, or even just for yourself to enjoy at home as the weather begins to cool down? We all have this issue of finding the right gift with that special wow factor, but wooden puzzles from Unidragon could be the solution to your problem. Unidragon offers dozens of fun, colorful, and creative puzzles with beautiful landscapes or uniquely designed animals. These puzzles are a great gift for both adults and children alike. Unidragon creates their puzzles with uniquely shaped wooden pieces, offering both a new and refreshing approach to puzzles themselves, while packaging these colorful sets into premium wooden gift boxes. Unidragon even offers new puzzles every single month, so you always have a reason to check back in. Do you want to get into that autumn feel with some really fun and creative animal designs? I would actually personally suggest checking out their fiery fox or their charming owl puzzles. Both are really neat. They definitely give you that autumn slash fall feel. So if you are having some issues this year trying to find that perfect gift or that one gift that might have a bit of a extra punch of surprise to it, Consider choosing Unidragon. Pick out your puzzle at unidragon.com, and when you do, we'll get 10% off your purchase with promo code REALM. That's promo code REALM to save 10% off your purchase at unidragon.com today to help solve that issue of what gift to get. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Realm of Unknown. I hope you guys are enjoying a lot of this spooky autismal season. I'm sure you are. And we got some more spooky stuff to talk about. Real quick, for some minor updates, the Patreon has a bunch of new bonus content being released over the last few weeks, primarily the bonus series that gets added after every normal episode. So after this one, there's going to be a bonus episode that you could check out right away. Furthermore, I am going to be trying to make a quick little personal series there. We'll see how that develops, but I announced that on Twitter and I'm announcing that here. Uh, furthermore, not really any other updates. I will be possibly doing some collaborations in the near future with some other podcasts so i will be shouting those out when and if they happen but in the meantime let's get started into today's episode today we will be discussing something truly unnerving a creature that strikes fear at first glance and has supposedly been doing so for centuries today we shall be discussing the infamous entity known as the rake Early accounts. I am going to be listing this off off of um, a sort of timeline in the beginning, and then we will break it down a bit further into the episode. But the early accounts I have ordered in what are believed to be the correct order chronologically, uh, and I shall do my best to adhere to that moving forward. 
So, during the summer of 2003, events within the Northeast United States involving a strange human-like creature sparked brief local media interest before an apparent blackout was enacted on the stories. Essentially, no news to report, no one can cover it, that sort of stuff. Little or no information was left intact, as most online and written accounts of this creature and these events mysteriously were destroyed or disappeared or hush-hushed. So, Now, these events primarily focused within the rural uh, New York state areas. However, there is one account found over in Idaho. And there are self-proclaimed witnesses that tell stories of their own encounters of this creature of unknown origin all over the place. But during this period of time, those are the two primary locations. While, again, the published versions are no longer on record due to the media blackout, they still have the memory and they themselves actually are a reason as to why a lot of these accounts came out, because they did their own little research. So, first off, again, uh, in 2006 is when a lot of this kind of was being compiled. This is when it kind of hit the news, the story came out a bit more, uh, and a lot of those 2003 victims uh, went over dozens of documents dating from you know, the early 12th century all the way up to present day they spanned all over the globe and in almost all the cases the story was very similar with a very similar and unique creature that is the culprit of today's story so first one of the earliest accounts that we have is from 1691 and this comes from a mariner's log who reports an account that he had during his sleep and during the night and uh, I shall be reading this due to the fact that, again, this is a written account. This is not, you know, very recent. But this supposedly comes from a captain of a ship of settlers who came very briefly to the New World, but quickly turned away. And this entry explains why. Quote, He came to me in my sleep. From the foot of my bed, I felt a sensation. He took everything. We must return to England. We shall not return here again at the request of the rake. Next, we have another journal entry of sorts, this coming from a Spanish ex uh, explorer from the 1880s. And this is translated from Spanish to English, so things might be iffy. For the most part, though, it seems fairly accurate to what it should be. This passage goes as followed. Again, this comes from 1880. I have experienced the greatest terror. I have experienced the greatest terror. I have experienced the greatest terror. I see his eyes when I close mine. They are hollow, black. They saw me and pierced me. His wet hand. I will not sleep. His voice. And then the rest of the text for this entry is you know, unreadable. They were not able to translate it, they were not able to fully read it, and that's where it cuts off. But again, very similar account of a strange entity coming to them in their sleep and supposedly speaking to them in both cases, or forewarning them in some way. So this next one, we're going to move 
you know, about 100 years in the future, and we're going to get to 1964, in which a suicide note actually uh, has a very similar account to these past two passages, and, and reads as the following. As I prepare to take my life, I feel it necessary to assuage some guilt or pain I have introduced through this act. It is not the fault of anyone other than him. For once I awoke and I felt his presence, and once I awoke and saw his form, once again I awoke and I heard his voice and looked into his eyes. I cannot sleep without fear of what I might see next upon awaking. I cannot ever awake. Goodbye. So, found with this account in a small wooden box, there were two similar letters, or three, technically. Uh, two of them were within empty envelopes that were addressed to a William and a Rose. However, there weren't letters, so that's why I'm saying technically. And the third is actually a loose personal letter that had no envelope. And this one, this letter in itself, was addressed to a Lenny, uh, or Lani, and it reads, Dearest Lenny, I pray for you as he spoke your name. And that's all with that letter. Again, we don't really know who these three individuals are that this person, you know, felt needed to know or needed to reach out to upon uh, their death on top of the people that were extremely close to them that received the suicide note. And last of the sort of chronological accounts, uh, we have a witness and a victim of the rake from uh, a 2006 account that actually came from those 2003 events. Again, this is one of the you know, quote, researchers from this group that brought a lot of these documents to light because, again, they were researching their own accounts, essentially. So this reads as the following. This could be one big, long quote. Three years ago, I had just returned from a trip from Niagara Falls with my family from the 4th of July. We were all very exhausted after a long day of driving, so my husband and I put the kids right to bed and called it a night. At about 4 a.m., I woke up thinking my husband had gotten up to use the restroom. I used the moment to steal back the sheets, only to wake him in the process. I apologized and told him I thought he had got up out of bed. Then he turned and faced me. He gasped and pulled his feet up from the edge of the bed and quickly uh, brought his knees, knocking me almost out of the bed. And he then grabbed me and said nothing. After adjusting for a few moments in the dark, I was able to see what had caused the strange reaction. And at the foot of the bed, sitting and facing away from us, there was what appeared to be a naked man, or a large hairless dog of some sort. The body's position was distorted and unnatural, as if it had been hit by a car or something. For some reason, it was not instantly frightening to me, but more of a concern for its condition washed over. At this point, I was somewhat under the assumption that we were supposed to help him. However, my husband was peering over his arms and knees, tucked in an almost fetal position, essentially 
glancing at me on occasion before returning to look at the creature. In a flurry of motion, the creature scurried from the edge of the bed and up to the side, crawling quickly and frailing in some sort of motion right along the bed until it was less than a foot from my husband's face. The creature was completely silent for about 30 seconds, or what felt like at least, just looking at my husband. The creature then placed its hand on his knee and ran into the hallway, leading to where the kids' rooms were. I screamed and ran for the light switch, planning to stop him before he could hurt my children. However, when I got into the hallway, the light from the bedroom was enough to see it crouching and hunched about 20 feet down the hall. He turned around and looked directly at me, and I could see that he was covered in blood. I flipped the switch on the wall in the hallway, and I saw my daughter, Clara. The creature then quickly ran down the stairs while my husband and I rushed to help our daughter. And she was very badly injured and spoke only once more in her short life. She said the following, He is the rake. That night, my husband tried to drive my daughter to the hospital. However, during that trip, he unfortunately crashed and they both fell into the lake, neither surviving. Being a small town, news got around fairly quickly, and police were helpful at first, and the local newspapers took a lot of interest as well. However, the story was never published, and the local television news never followed up either. After a few months, my son Justin and I stayed in a hotel near my parents' house. After we decided to return home, I began looking for answers myself eventually locating a man in the next town over that had a very similar story. We got in contact and began talking about our experiences. He knew of two other people in New York who had seen the creature that we now refer to as the Rake. It took the four of us about two solid years of hunting on the internet and writing letters to come up with this small collection of what we believe to be accounts of the Rake. None of them gave much detail or history or even follow-up. One was a journal entry involving a creature, and it was only on the first three pages and never mentioned again. A ship's log explained nothing of the encounter, saying only that they were told to leave by the rake. And that was the last entry to that log. There were, however, many instances where the creatures visited uh, was one of a series of visits from the same person. Multiple people have mentioned being spoken to, my daughter included. This led us to wonder if the rake was involved in visiting us before the last encounters. I set up a digital recorder near my bed and left it running all night, every night for two weeks. I was scanning through the sounds of me rolling through my bed every day when I woke up the next morning. By the end of the second week, I could get through the entire night in about an hour. On the first day of the third week, I thought I heard something different. What I found was a shrill voice. It was the rake. I can't listen to it long enough to even transcribe it in any way. I haven't let anyone listen to it. All I know is that I had heard it before, and I now believe that it had spoken to us, both me and my husband, when it was sitting in front of us on the bed. 
I don't remember hearing anything at that time, but for some reason, the voice on the recorder, that was familiar. The thoughts that must have gone through my daughter's head that night upset me. I have not seen the rake since he ruined my life, but I know that he had been in my room when I slept. I knew that the fear of that one night when he woke me up and ruined my life for the rest of my life. So the creature or being is often described as a very tall or thin naked man. As you can recall from that last encounter, in some instances it's even referred to as a hairless dog due to moving on all fours and having a sort of distorted body. It has very pale and almost pure white and gray skin and has nearly white eyes. However, what gets it its namesake in a lot of cases through its uh, description is the fact that it has very long rake-like clawed hands that it uses to attack its victims in a lot of cases. So, what exactly is the rake here? It's spooky, sure, but I'm unfortunately going to burst your bubbles here. I'm sure many of you already know, but the story of the rake actually falls under what is known as a creepy pasta. Or, if you're not familiar, uh, it's a story that originates online and develops into its own sensation. In this case, the rake, or the story of the rake, uh, is a story that originated on 4chan's B-board back in 2005. And I'm going to actually read through some research that has compiled pretty much what has gone through and how it's been revised, where it originates from, and kind of how it's spread across the internet into what it is today, essentially. It's definitely lost a bit of interest lately, but I think it's still one of those more infamous internet creatures up there with, like, Slenderman and stuff like that. But here we go. What is the history of the rake? So, the thread was started, again, on 4chan by an anonymous user who stated, quote, Hey, B-Board, let's make a new monster. Naturally, there were many ideas and many responses to this thread, but one stood out, and another user created a new thread based off this idea, and this next thread started with this post. Quote, Alright, this is for the people who like the three eyes, no apparent mouth, pale skin one. Here's what I've got so far. Humidoid, six feet tall while standing, but usually crouched and walking on all fours. It has very pale skin. The face is blank, as in no nose, no mouth. However, there are three solid green eyes, one in the middle of its forehead and the other two on the sides of its head, facing backwards. Usually seen in the front yards of suburban areas, usually just watching the observer, but still standing up and attacking if approached. When it attacks, a mouth opens up, as if a hinged skull and opens up from the chin, revealing many tiny but dull teeth. So the creature eventually, the one that we just described, that is the one that formed into what we now know as the infamously known rake. Uh, the rake went through many designs and name changes during this time frame. Again, this is like a stretch from 2005 to 2006. Very early internet history. 
One of the more prevalent names was uh, Operation Crawler. Uh, and below, there are actually a couple of checkpoints that I'm going to read off uh, in a moment. Uh, from that thread, that, quote, Operation Crawler thread, that refined it out a bit more. Uh, that first one goes as the following. A six-foot-tall is good. Humanoid, Paul, got pale, greenish skin, two large eyes in the front of the head because of trips. And that's referring to another thread post. And nature, no nose, mouth, it is slightly visible, then it opens on a hinge, hundreds of dull but very blunt teeth. It eats meat, uh, doesn't matter because no interviews really talk about it. This is really broken up, just a heads up. It is seen in suburban areas, minding its own business, attacks when approached, but mostly just stares at people and looks human enough uh, and should be able to have a disguise with a fedora and a trench coat or something similar. Again, that's weird. But that refines it out more, and then it gets refined again. Approximately six foot tall, but seen crouching, humanoid, pale, grayish skin, too slightly large, but human eyes. No nose, no mouth. Uh, the mouth, however, is very small compared to humans, but when provoked or attacked, opens freely on a hinge uh, back on the neckline, showing hundreds of dull but not blunt teeth. The origin is unknown. The diet is unknown. Seen in suburban areas, it opens its mouth and widens its eyes when provoked. When attacking and approached, or it attacks when approached. Uh, however, if not approached, it doesn't provoke you in any way and just stares. The first and most well-known story of the rake was posted to a personal blog of somewhat awful user Brian Somerville. Again, this is what we were reading at the opening, the one with the, all the accounts, the reference to the you know 2003 attacks and the news uh, blackout and all that stuff. And this was posted on July 20th of 2006. So the rake is 15 at this point? Or it just passed its 15th birthday, actually. It was the first story in a series uh, entitled Horror Theater, but Somerville does not indicate if the text that was written comes from another website or if it was inspired off of it or if it's specific to this blog. Uh, according to the mythology, first-hand accounts of the, quote, rake has been described as early as the 12th century, uh, one of the early accounts being from that 1691 Mariner entry that we mentioned. The whole 12th century stuff, though, it never really gets mentioned. It's just there to fluff it up. The story also alleges that strange events in the northeastern United States involving the creature had that whole media blackout in the summer of 2003, However, you know, they were all destroyed. Again, this is all to pad out the story, give it a little bit of validity, you know, mention some locations, mention some more dates, and, you know, it, it gives more credence and somewhat believability to let you keep reading into the more meaty sections of the story. And that's what happened. The spread across the internet was vast. Uh, or I should say reposts of the rake copy pasta and creepy pasta began appearing on live journals back in December of 2008 
And the story made its way back onto 4chan, uh, specifically its ex-paranormal board, on the month of April 2009. And then it, again, was back on some something awful in June of that same year. In August of 2010 is when it first appeared on the paranormal subreddit, so now it's over on Reddit. Again, this is, I think at this point... Uh, four years after its original posting. The rake was eventually added to horror story databases, including creepypasta.com, creepypasta Wikipedia, and the creepypasta index. It was also featured in several paranormal-related websites, including Unexplained Mysteries and the Slender Nation. There's plenty more if you look it up. It's all over the place. In December of 2010, the first topic blog... Fuck Yeah the Rake was launched on Tumblr, provoking a sort of centralized site for people who want to make copy pastas. And these are essentially they're essentially reposts of original creepypastas or internet stories, but with a more like fan fiction type spin to it. They very often you know, build upon the lore, they build upon the myth, and this is where a lot of those, like, internet accounts come from. It's because other people are writing their own stories using this creature. Uh, This month, a picture of the monster or character from a first-person shooting game, specifically the name of the game is Resistance 3, known as a Grim, the creature, uh, appeared on a local news station in Louisiana, with reports stating that a viewer had taken the photo in a local hunting ground. Now, due to the Grimm's very similar build to the creature, as the one described in the Rake video, this thing spread like wildfire onto like, you know, those like YouTube speculation videos, all those like you know, top five videos where there's a circle of and a red arrow and just went all over the place. This again is like that really, really infamous uh, image of the rake. I believe it first started like at the tail end of November in 2010 uh, before it went widespread across the internet. But no one really has any idea who kind of started it, like where it really came from. We just know it, it it came from the Resistance 3 game. It's a hoax or misidentification at best. Um, but it's mainly just people going crazy on the internet trying to make it more believable than it actually is. It's still a creepy photo. I will give it that. But it's coming from a horror game. So, you know, what you going to do? Someone spent a lot of time modeling that. So, that's a lot of what the rake is. It's... You know, it's essentially an urban legend in the more digital age. You know, we have internet chat rooms. This was early internet, so 2006 to 2010 was like the height of new social platforms coming out. We got, you know, Reddit, 4chan, Twitter was spreading it. And then YouTube popped up and spread the story even further. And it's been going strong for about two decades at this point you know so technically speaking the story of the rake kind of lives up to itself the fact that it has been residing for this long similar to how the rake supposedly is and i 
I've always thought it was an interesting story to talk about. I originally did not know that it actually specifically had a lot of ties to the American Northeast, so that kind of works out to our theme uh, somewhat. Um, but I think it's very similar to stuff we have up here, like, you know, Goatman in Maryland and stuff like that. It's it's a very, you know, it's an urban legend. It's an urban legend that spread online, that went crazy. It's interesting. The story's fun. And it will keep you up at night if you're a young kid or gullible or imaginative, I guess. Otherwise, you know, you get a little spooked and then you have a good time. Uh, but I just wanted to talk about it. I do not think we'll make a habit of talking about creepypasta. I thought it would be fun, though, to kind of talk about one of the OG-type stories out there. Because, again, it's very similar to, like, you know, no-sleep-type stories. I think it's even been inspired based off of, like, like J.R. No, not J.R. Who am I thinking of? Um... Like Cthulhu-type stuff, like Old God-type stuff. It's been inspired by... It's up there with like a lot of those internet things uh, and inspirational points. But I thought it would be fun to talk about. And if there are other stories that you want me to kind of dive into, at the very least, to you know, talk about their history, the origins, how the story kind of spread online... I'd be more than welcome or more than happy to talk about it and sort of dive into how these stories came to be. But until then, that's what we have for today. And that's what we have for the rake and the weird mystery surrounding it and the spread of it on the internet. In the meantime, until next week when we have another fun story, I believe it's going to be the Patreon poll winner from last month. Uh, if you want to support or even take part in stuff like that, the poll specifically, you can do so over on Patreon. It's shelling time. Yeah, check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown. We have a one, three and five dollar tier list where you can get a load of bonus episodes, bonus series, news uh, coverage, monthly polls, behind the scenes stuff and photos and audio recordings from paranormal investigations that I've been on in the past. So if you're into that sort of stuff and you wish to support the podcast in the meantime, you could do so over at Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash realm of unknown. Otherwise, you could check us out all across social media. It's realm of unknown pretty much everywhere. Aside from TikTok, just yet. It's technically out there. I just haven't done anything to it, so... I mean, you could find it, but there's not going to be much content there. Or if you want to, check out the website, realmofunknown.com. You can go there to get the written report or accounts of you know these weekly episodes, as well as the resource links and extra goodies that I compile while doing this research. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I hope to see you guys next week as we dive back into the realm of unknown. In the meantime, though, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and remember to stay spooky. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. 
you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 